0: This is gonna be a contest for whose voice is the lowest. I know. We sound terrible. Yes. Great day to do a podcast, huh? (laughs) Tis the season, friends.
1: It's better now than it was. (laughs) We've warmed up.
0: You're listening to Lead Them to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadum. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Leadum to Life. Happy Advent! Uh, I hope the start of your Advent is off to a wonderful journey. I am excited for the next couple next couple of weeks together on Leadum to Life, just to continue to dive. More deeply into this season and in preparation for Christmas, Tony Mankey. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you.
0: Um What was the title of the episode that you did first, last season? Suffering, so, suffering, something? It has
1: something to do with suffering. Something to do with suffering. Why we suffer... I don't know. Something around suffering. I'm
0: sure it was a very catchy title um, that I came up with, but (laughs) it's not coming to me right now. But that was your first debut on Lead Him to Life, and now you're back. But for people that haven't met you before or haven't, um, didn't hear that episode, give us an introduction to who you are, my friend.
1: Wonderful. Uh, Well, my name's Tony Menke. I'm originally from St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Uh, Been been, been here in Sioux Falls now for about five years. Mm Mm-hmm. I am married to a wonderful woman, Carrie Menke, and four kids, Xavier, Colette, Avila, and Rose, uh, ranging from eight to almost two. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I currently serve as the director of diocesan relationships with the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, FOCUS, Uh, but uh, as of next month, I'll be taking a new position, in which the title is COO of the Catholic Community Foundation of Eastern South Dakota.
0: Whoop, whoop. You're going to be in the building. Yes. Okay. I'm very excited. Two questions. Please tell me the single greatest reason that you decided to stay in Sioux Falls.
1: <laughs> I mean, clearly the single greatest and reason, not the only reason, but the greatest reason is your friendship and Matt's friendship.
0: Thank you. That's what I thought thought it was going to be. Yeah, Matt and I, um, and second question, (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I know that that's not actually it, but until my dying day, I'm going to claim that. Can I do that? Are you okay with that?
1: 100%. I mean, again, the reason why we moved initially- And Matt
0: and I talk about this. We're like, we're the reason that the (laughs) Menkees decided to stay.
1: (laughs) The reason for the move (laughs) was definitely be close to Carrie's family um, and just the opportunities that provided- but the thing that keeps us here is community, yeah. and you guys are a critical piece to that to that puzzle of like community and fr- friendship and surrounding ourselves with people that can help us grow um, and help mm-hmm. us, our family, to continue to move in the direction uh, that we were created for mm-hmm. and to give our kids the best opportunity to be the sons and daughters of God that they're called to be. Yeah. Um, and if that didn't exist, uh, then yeah, it, it, I mean, it's nice to be close to family, but that, that's a critical piece that we, we needed and we know we need. Um, and you are a big piece of that.
0: The connectivity is just a game changer. Mm-hmm. Like I think even um so we claim you and then I think we're going to start claiming the Vandeests as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the not not the fact that she got an awesome job working here yeah. as a doctor or whatever like minor, it's for sure minor it's for sure the men's group yeah. It's for sure the leadums. Yes. You
1: know? 100%.
0: <laughs> um but no I think actually like in just making people feel at home um or that experience of home so much of it is just the connectivity to other people to to Feel like you're in a place where you're known, where you're cared for, where you kind of have a support system in place. Like all of those things just make you feel more secure, more stable, more rooted, I guess, is what kind of comes to my mind.
1: Yeah. And we both, both Carrie and I have had experiences in our life where we had that and where we didn't have that. And so to have those experiences and to know that difference we were able to step into it when we moved into Sioux Falls um, as we settled in. And as we kind of got our bearings to say, this is a priority and it took sacrifice. It took intentionality, but we knew that priority because of our past experiences and what was there and what wasn't there.
0: Okay. One more question before we get to the actual topic, please. When you didn't have that support system in place, what was the effect of that on your marriage? For you and Carrie, did you, cause I feel like I've heard some people say that it actually, um, like br- brings them closer together because they have nobody else. And then I think for other people, they've said, oh, it's just a real challenge. Cause we didn't have anybody like rooting for us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Maybe it's not, yeah, maybe it's I, ups and downs.
1: I think it, I think there's both. Yeah. I, I think it obviously when, yeah, it gives you opportunities to invest in each other. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's there's benefits as far as our marriage and just as a, us as a couple. But the thing that's lacking that I felt and I think you know Carrie would say the same, is that just as being a man, like I didn't have those people in my life mm-hmm. to challenge me, to encourage me, to be examples for me on how to live that out. And as much as I love my wife, uh, my life is a woman.
0: Yeah. And you so needed a Matt Leadum.
1: I needed a Matt Leadum.
0: And Matt Leadum needed Tony Mankey. Look and so,
1: and that's, and I think that's where that, that that disconnect comes. I think that's where it's felt. And so, that was really good for our marriage and it was really good for mm-hmm. our family and time with our family and stuff like that. I think I was missing something as far as being the mad husband and father um, because I didn't have that uh, behind me and yeah. I didn't have that next to me. And yeah. so, that's where I think the biggest miss was.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. The, the essential, that's the, uh, essentialness, the essentiality, the essential nature. What's not, the word I'm looking for of not, community? Yes. You know, like that's the, that, Oh, there's a word <laughs> that's going to bug me all day. Um, but I think somebody's screaming it at me in their car right now. Listening to this. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what community life does. Like it, mm-hmm. it, helps us. It witnesses to us um, more of who we desire to be and and encourages us, I think, in that way, which is so beautiful. Um, Okay, so like you said, you're kind of in a time of transition right now. Next month, you're going to be taking on um, COO of the Catholic Community Foundation for Eastern South Dakota. So you're kind of in a time of transition, and that's actually one of the reasons that I um, initially wanted to talk with you at at the start of Advent um, when I had asked you, um, is because we're really entering into this time of transition. It's a new liturgical season. Happy mm-hmm. new year. Happy new liturgical Thanks, season. Too. Um, and, and so we're just really in this beautiful place of kind of experiencing this firsthand. Um, but then furthermore, just as we enter into Advent, wanting to have a bit of a conversation, um, about that, what that means, what that looks like. And specifically I think surrounding, um, almsgiving, um, which is something that's been kind of on my heart, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But first of all, I'd love for you—I often forget that Advent is a penitential <laughs> season. Yes. Um, like, I'm ready to party when Advent comes around, and I just need to—like, I just need mm-hmm. to rein it in, you know, story of my life. Um, <laughs> but can you talk a little bit about why Advent is a penitential season or what that, what that even means, just to get us started?
1: Yeah. I think— I think Advent always is meant to, and I think this is very evident within the scriptures at Mass, it's very evident that there's kind of a dual purpose to Advent. One is recognizing the birth of our Lord and that celebration and Christmas, and that's obviously the the one that gets the commercials Mm -hmm. and it gets the limelight. But it's also understanding that He's going to come again, and there's a second yeah. coming to it. And so it's to help us to have a season, to remind us, are we prepared for that? And even if you look at the readings for this last Sunday, that that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't like shy away from that reality of, he's coming, and are you ready? Are you prepared? And so I think that's where the penitential piece is, is because uh, most people, if not everyone, if honest, would say, I'm not. In some way, shape, or form, I'm not. And to look at this, and in Lent it's a little bit easier too, because you're moving towards the crucifixion. Right. Uh, in Advent it gets lost, because again, the birth of our Lord is such a joy and triumph mm-hmm. that we lose the fact that there's a dual purpose, and that purpose is to remember that He's going to come back, and He's going to have a second coming, um, or we're going to meet Him before that. You know, right. and and so to spend that time to think through what are those ways that I need to be detached from this world? What are those ways that I'm falling short in prayer in almsgiving and in charity mm-hmm. in love and these, these things that I'm created to be a son of God or a daughter of God. Am I living up to that identity? Am I living mm-hmm. up to that relationship or am I getting lost within the chaos that this world provides constantly?
0: All the time. Mm-hmm. And that really, I mean, you you just said it, but that was 100% the gospel this past weekend. Um, and I like by a series of graceful events had just some extra time to like sit with the gospel this weekend. And, um, I just was super, yeah, I was super convicted. And what was it? Something, the line about like, um, caught up in the anxieties of day to day. Like, don't be, don't, don't be caught up, you know, in the anxieties of day to day, um, and not have the courage to stand before God at the end, you know, at the end of the age or whatever. It's like, Oh man. And here I am. Like complaining about the 8 million loads of laundry that I did this weekend or whatever, whatever it was. And just this real, like it kind of pulled me out of myself and and reminded me exactly what you're talking about, that, Hey, this isn't just in preparation for Christmas. Like there's going to be an end mm-hmm. and, and are we ready? So you kind of mentioned um, attachments or, or becoming more detached from the world what, I mean, practically, what can that look like? Like what comes to your mind when you're thinking, all right, Advent, this time of preparation, like what are some things that I just need to detach myself a bit from?
1: Yeah, my temptation always is to go extreme with sometimes like in detaching. And so I'll I'll say I listened to a talk from, um, you know, a Catholic speaker talking about The attachment to our phones, or Mm -hmm. attachments to social media, or whatever it is, and it's it's a great talk and it's super motivating. And then I delete every app that I have on my phone, Uh, and then two weeks later, they all magically appear back. You know, and so (laughs) (laughs) exactly, and so part of it is part of what I try to do for my own sake is say, hey, how can I take small steps? Mm -hmm. Like, what are those small things I can do? whether it's, hey, I'm going to put my phone down from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock so that I'm intentional with my family, um, or I'm going to delete Facebook. It doesn't mean I'm deleting the account. Maybe I'm just deleting the app. And so it takes that temptation away, or it, it takes that small step. Uh, I did listen to a speaker that talked about these small steps one time, and he was like, maybe not have the the newest iPhone, yeah, uh, or maybe not have the... the newest technology, um, or, or whatever those things are, or what are those small steps that we can take and recognize like, this is something that has a hold on me or, or something that I find really important. Uh, how can I detach a little bit? How can I step away from that? Especially during this season. I think the beautiful thing with these seasons is it gives us time to hopefully form habits, you know, yeah. and, and lent, it's a little bit more with the 40 days, but even four weeks, it gives you a really good chunk of time to hopefully form habits and to work through, you know, just mm, like I said, good. with the, the apps, it's usually within two to three weeks, they sh- show up because I hadn't formed the habits. I hadn't formed what I needed to, to keep those changes in place. Uh, that's the beauty of a timeline like this, where mm-hmm. it gives you some opportunity to really, hopefully get some new, uh, routine set mm-hmm. in so that it's a little bit easier to mm-hmm. detach or you can then notice other attachments that maybe you can go after
0: afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. It's interesting. Cause as you're talking about that, like there's two very like concrete things for me that I just, um, really over the weekend even became more aware of as I was like thinking about, Oh, Hey, Lent is tomorrow. You know, like <laughs> what do I want to, what do I want to do yeah. for Lent? Um, because of my lack of preparedness and an organization, <laughs> which we've talked about. But um, there's two things that came to my mind. One was like one of my Matt and I's favorite things to do right now is to like have a glass of wine and to, like sit by the fire, have conversation, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I think I'm going to give up wine for Advent. And I've never really thought about like giving something up for Lent Uh, Or for for Advent in the same way that that I do for Lent. But it just was this, like, real conviction of that whole preparedness and, Mm -hmm. like, creating space, not because it's a bad thing, nor because I think that I have, like, a am not an alcoholic or something, right? But, like, there was, it's, like, this is a special thing that I love that I, like, am going to sacrifice. And the thought of that initially made me uncomfortable, which I think I shared with Matt, like, kind of led me to the next step of like, oh, that, that means I actually need to do it. Like, I don't desire that. Therefore I probably need to, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so, so that was one of the first things that came to my mind of just like, I need to create space here. And then the second one was, um, just around like spending and, um, and again, not because it's like bad, it's not because it's bad things, Mm -hmm. but I can get very caught up in like, um, not necessarily the newest technology, but like, I've really been pondering, like, would I like an Apple watch? Do you have an Apple watch? I do. Do you like it? I do. Do you?
1: I do. Uh, You're
0: pro. Okay.
1: I'm pro. I'm pro probably not for the same reasons that some are. I'm a pro because it has an alarm on it that yeah. will vibrate my wrist and not wake up my wife if I'm oh, waking up before her. That's really nice. So that's really nice. Uh, and the maps function vibrates when it I'm supposed to take my next turn, and so it takes my That's eyes off awesome. the road less.
0: Yeah, see, I think I want one. So
1: those two things are like things that I really, really like about it. Yeah. Um,
0: Do you like the texting function? This, this is. I promise, I will get I back like, to <laughs> the topic.
1: I like the opportunity of like, especially if I'm like in a in a social thing or if I, like a work yes. thing, to be able to if I get a text to be able to look quickly. And make sure it's not my wife in an emergency. Yep. And so not to read it and it, it's just less
0: Yeah. Like
1: it's less annoying to just look yeah. at a watch rather a than phone all
0: the, all around. Yeah, or yeah.
1: taking out the phone. Fascinating. And so I like the idea of like, is it Carrie? No, it's not. Then yeah. it can it can wait. Then it can wait. But yep. if it's Carrie, I, I wanna make I'm sure that respond. there's not an emergency. Yeah.
0: I yeah. I think about that all the time. Um yeah, or like daycare or something like that. Like that's where my brain goes.
1: But to be fair, anyway. uh, I love Apple Watches, but uh, I think the newest one is Series 7 and I'm still on the Series 3. Okay,
0: so yeah. See, you I, don't have to have the I newest. I, you just it have doesn't, to have the thing. It
1: doesn't give me an EKG. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Oh, that's
0: I feel funny. like I can do that. Okay, that's funny. Um, thank you for your opinion on that because I've been <laughs> contemplating it. But anyways, the whole reason that I brought it up is because like, yeah, those things aren't bad. And like I said, like that, that might be on my Christmas list this year. Like, I think that would be really, maybe (laughs) helpful or whatever. Um, But I can get a little bit too caught up in just kind of like, yeah, ruthless spending or, Mm -hmm. and, and again, it's not like, I wanna be really careful because I think somebody listening to these things could be like, well, I don't have like this problem or this problem or this problem. It's like, well, right but the whole like journey I think of Advent for us is in the little things. It's like, it's those little steps that you were talking about. It doesn't need to be quit everything. It's where are things that I can tighten, tighten up. So for me, like I'm not going to have, you know, a glass of wine Mm -hmm. at, at night or whatever. Um, until Christmas and then how much more fun and festive and celebratory am I going to be able to enter into the Christmas mm-hmm. season with, or, you know, getting rid of some of the spending things. Um, but it, but as I was reflecting on this this weekend, um, sorry for the rabbit hole there, but that no, was a no delightful worries. conversation for me. <laughs> um, but I was reflecting on this a bit this weekend that I think, especially this time of year surrounding that spending, is what's really difficult. Because I was thinking, okay, why am I feeling convicted about this? Well, part of it is because the opportunities to spend mm-hmm. are endless right mm-hmm. now. Like, if I get on my Instagram account, every single one <laughs> of, like, my favorite bloggers are posting this sale and this sale and this sale and this sale. And, like, you know, like, we've bonded Excellent. about this, that Matt and Carrie, like, can't pass up on a sale. You, <laughs> you and I are a little more like, eh, well, you know, yeah, it's yeah, only yeah. 20%. If it's 50%, <laughs> then we'll talk. Um, but I, I just... I'm like, wow, the opportunities right now and the demands culturally for us on our, on our funds are everywhere. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it just was really like, um, yeah, kind of stirring in my heart and in the reality that Advent is actually a time of almsgiving. It's actually a time to really like consider and ponder what are we doing with our funds? Um, so I would love to just spend kind of the rest of our time, like really talking about almsgiving, what that is. And, and, you know, you and focus, you you want to talk about that a little bit? Cause you have yes. like, you've worked in this whole almsgiving thing for a while and yes. now with your new gig too.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, just to highlight some of the things you said, as far as when we look at giving things up or we look at detachment uh, it's a lot easier to say, what are those bad things that we're attached to? Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to say, what are those good things? Yeah, what are the good
0: things? A- and yeah.
1: and it's not that like you're detaching because it's bad for you. right It's recognizing in the seasons meant for to recognize to see our lives through an eternal perspective. Amen. instead of a worldly perspective. And a worldly perspective, it's it's like these aren't bad things. Uh, but on an eternal perspective, they can be. And and they can keep us from seeing like what's the purpose of this life? Yeah, the purpose of this life is to to go to heaven and bring as many people with us as yeah. we possibly can. Yeah, um, like that's the purpose. And so how can we how can we see that more clearly and live our lives with that intentionality? That's what this stuff does. As far as almost giving, yes, a little bit of background. So my work with Focus, uh, I I've been working with them for eight and a half years. And the entire time I fundraised my income and uh, the entirety of my income. And so it's one of those things where uh, it was a huge hurdle, especially initially when I joined Focus. Uh, when I joined Focus, I was married uh, and we had found out we were, when I said yes to Focus, we had found out we were pregnant with our first just a week earlier. Uh, and so just, it was a very daunting yeah. thing to 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 look at fundraising um, on that perspective. Uh-huh. But it's been really grace-filled in a number of ways. You know, It's it's grace-filled in just seeing the way that God provides and the way that he loves and he cares for us and takes care of us, especially when we give him everything. And within this mission, uh, that's what we did. We we gave him everything. One of the other things that I thought was really cool, kind of fitting within this almsgiving, his focus does a really cool thing, uh, a really good— it's not a cool thing, it's, a, it's an important thing, but it's a really good job of— making sure people tithe uh, even as missionaries, you know it and that's that was kind of eye-opening to me. I you know I always knew about tithing and you know the, the church asked for ten percent um, to be given uh, of our of our income and that was something I always understood. but the idea that I'd fundraise, you know, like I'm receiving tithing, I'm receiving almsgiving and then and then you're
0: tithing and that. I'm
1: tithing that as well. Was really cool because it it further instilled. Wow, I
0: did not know that.
1: Yeah, it further instilled. So it's like, and it's just encouragement when you build your budget, you start with the ten percent, uh, and then you go from there. And even when you set your goal for fundraising, it's within the mindset you're going to be tithing ten yeah. percent. Yeah. And it was awesome because it's not mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's not my money, and it's and it's 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 a gift from God, and it's a blessing, and for me to be able to prioritize. That and to say, I'm going to continue to give as well, and not recognize, like, yeah, I might be, it might be less of a amount than I hoped for, or I might stretch us a little bit because it, it might not, you know, we might have some slow months or whatever it might be. It's not mine. And I know that if I give, whether in this world or the next, uh, it's going to come back. And God, God's always going to outdo us in generosity.
0: Yeah. And
1: to be able to see that. And to live that has been something that's very influential in my life.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Talk about giving as a gift, which you've received as a gift. Yeah. You know, in the most practical, in mm-hmm. the most literal sense of the, the phrase, mm-hmm. that's so powerful. What did the role of gratitude, what has the role of gratitude played in that? And in, in, even in your ability to have that experience be as powerful as it was for you?
1: Yeah, we had this moment. uh, I can't remember if I said this in my last uh, interview or not, but uh, we had a moment in our first summer that we were fundraising, which was a struggle. Like our first three, four weeks, we have about a six. So the way the focus works is we have about a six-week period during the summer to kind of fundraise Mm -hmm. what we need to be able to get to campus on time uh, before the school year starts. Uh, And we're about over halfway through it, um, we just weren't very close to our goal. Uh, and we, yeah, it was just a struggle. And I am so thankful that I was with it with, in it with my wife and we were able to balance each other out and to encourage each other when we had low moments, but it was a struggle. And we had this moment, uh, in which, uh, we received in the mail kind of at the lowest point, uh, received in the mail, uh, a check from my last job. My last job I had left in May. This was July. And it was a part of a bonus that I was told that I was never gonna get. Uh, which I understood and had said, you know, that I was leaving, understanding that this was never gonna come my way. Um, and there it was. And it was like the perfect amount of money for us to like get through that tough time. And that was such a clear piece. Uh, cause this company is not supporting focus and that's not the purpose of this check. Like it just came literally out of nowhere. And that was like the, that was, that's what switched it for us of like, God truly has us. Yeah. He's got this. He's got this. And that's where the, I think the gratitude really grew is like it. I think we had to have that faith and we had to grow in that faith and trust in God. Uh, and when it was there, I think the gratitude was definitely something that was a really big part of it. I think we've been so thankful for those that have supported us over the years. I think we have somewhere between 70, 80 people that support us in some way, shape or form um, that we pray for every night. And even within this new position, we don't plan on taking them out of our prayers. We're just so thankful for them. Uh, Some really cool people that we never would have met unless this opportunity came about uh, that, yeah, we're just we've been so blessed in so many ways. I was, I was just talking to my uh, my son who's eight, just turned eight. Uh, when we told him that uh, I was leaving Focus, he was he literally got choked up. Uh, it happened three times actually, three different times because of what it's meant to us uh, and the blessings that come through us, and a lot of it does have to do with those relationships that have come through almsgiving and through the growth that's come through that that We're so thankful for.
0: Oh man, that's so humbling. I just, I'm just thinking of Xavier and like his response of being so emotional about it because he's probably felt so loved Mm -hmm. and has experienced this profound outpouring of love and gratitude for the people that have been like supporting your mission and Mm -hmm. all of that. I just, Oh man, that's so humbling. Um, can you talk a little bit, I feel like as you're talking about tithing on the income that you had fundraised, um, I think of the widow, um, mm-hmm. which was, was that part of the gospel on Sunday? I can't remember. It was recent, um, I know. Um, but giving out of her poverty. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what it means to give out of our poverty? Because I, I am very guilty often. I'm like getting real vulnerable on this episode, I feel like. <laughs> but I'm often really guilty of, of like, it's easy to give out of my excess. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, I've got extra groceries. Here you go. Or I've got extra leftovers. Here you go. Or I've got extra this or extra, this extra, this like great, easy. Where I think it's a lot more difficult when things are tight or we, we don't have, you know, the spare basically, um, which is really the invitation to give out of our poverty. And and Jesus is like, you know, acknowledgement of the widow giving, you know, the, her, her, whatever piece sent, um, that there was something more like her gift was even more meaningful because it came out of her poverty. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? How have you experienced that?
1: Yeah. I mean, in some ways, the simplest way is we should give until it hurts. and mm-hmm. um, doesn't have to hurt a ton, but like it, we should feel it, and we should be sacrificing for it. And what that means and looks like is gonna look different from everybody else. Uh, one of the things that even like within tithing, uh, that I heard someone say one time was, uh, figure out what percentage you give and say like it ends up being four percent or two percent or whatever it is. And say, all right, I'm going to give one percent more this year. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What That's does that look start, like? Yeah. You know, and uh, and it doesn't have to mean that that oh, I need to make more money so that I can give that one yeah. percent. It should mean like, hey, this should come out of our you know alcohol budget right. or whatever those things of like, yeah, these aren't like crucial needs for our family yeah. um, that we can you know go go out to eat one less time. A week and give that 30 bucks uh, yeah. or with inflation, 50 bucks <laughs> yeah, <no joke. laughs> uh, to to a charity or whatever that might mean, it, it's it's something that we should say, yeah, it, it, we should feel it. We should feel and it. And if we don't, then we just have to, that's where we, I think we examine of like, when we talk about someone's poverty of yeah. like that woman, she gave those coins from the little that she had. And she felt it. Mm-hmm. She knew that meant a meal. She knew that meant clothing. She that that wasn't just entertainment funds, or a little less in the savings. That that meant uh, that meant something significant to yeah. her life. Yeah. Um, but she knows that she had an eternal perspective right. within that giving, right. as opposed to. And so it's it's not that you know all families should go down to two meals a day and give that money away. But it is something where it's like, yeah, like eat out one less time and and cook at home or have a simpler meal or whatever it might, that might mean. But I think giving out of our poverty is something where it changes us, Mm -hmm. it changes something and it makes it really real Mm -hmm. for us. It's something that we we notice, we recognize and we feel it a little bit, but that, that little bit of feeling again, reorient ourselves to that eternal perspective, which is what this is all for.
0: And I think the fear in it is what am I going to lose? Or what mm-hmm. am I, you know, are my needs going to be met? Are my my children's needs going to be met kind of thing? But it also just shows us what our attachments are. Like mm-hmm. it really, I think is, it's and, and it's painful to see our attachments because we know like there's this deep recognition in ourselves if we're willing to look at it that, the only thing that can satisfy mm-hmm. the hunger is God himself you know and yet we like as humans we're so quick to try and fill that ache with anything that we can get our hands on and so when we're when we start to remove some of those attachments I just say I think it's uncomfortable because it reveals to us our ache for the infinite and mm-hmm. and that like yeah that grasping that I think we all kind of have that we're looking for and and going back to just this the reality of this being during advent like, part of, I think Advent is creating the space for the Lord. Like it's, there's a, I was t- talking to a coworker earlier today and she was saying that this past weekend, she started cleaning out her closets. And I was like, doesn't Advent just make you want to do that?
1: <laughs> and she
0: was, and she just said, oh my gosh, I absolutely, yes. I, I didn't even, you know, connect that that's Advent or whatever, but, but it really is like, there is just this desire to make Room and even in a practical sense, like hey Santa's coming at the end of the mm-hmm. month, you know, like let's get rid of some toys um, so that we have space for the new toys, and that's not a bad thing. But like, I, I do think that's part of this interior disposition that's happening is we want to create space, but we also, in creating space, are are kind of examining, hey, what are those things that are att- that I'm attached to? What are those things that I'm kind of holding on to? You know?
1: And I think that's one of the important pieces of it is that space that you're creating like it's Advent's meant to be that reminder of yeah. hey uh he's coming again yeah. you know judgment's coming um are we ready are we doing what we need to to prepare it's not supposed to be hey these are the four weeks that you prepare so that you don't have to the rest of hey, the man. year it's to set up those habits to Good set habits. up those uh, things and that's the thing about tithing that's really cool is like tithing the easiest way to do it is like hey 10% of my monthly and that's way it's it's coming out and you could do some fun things where it's like maybe you have like 7% going towards something specific and that other 3% you you look for a charity or charity something roulette. for that month yeah whatever it might be and like you yeah. can do some neat things and yeah you know my parish um does like a tree in which you can grab ornaments and on the ornaments uh, is something from a family of need who put their Christmas lists and the parish fills their Christmas lists for them. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful things. And my kids love grabbing an ornament from the tree yeah. and to be able to do it. And so Advent and, and Christmas provides beautiful, awesome opportunities, but we ought to be intentional that it's not just a four-week season for us, but these are things that it it's changes us in a way That impacts us throughout the year. And this is the starting point, just like it's a starting point to liturgical year. Yeah. This is the starting point to a change that we want to make to bring us closer to our Lord.
0: How would you answer the question, why do people need to give? Do you want context of why I'm asking you that question? Please. Because I, like, there's a reality that. I, I could be listening to this and be like meh like mm-hmm. no I'd rather I'd rather keep it I'd mm-hmm. rather um, like we're doing good we're you know we need the we need all the income that we have right now there's not any space for us to give like and I honestly don't really see the fruit of it I don't really see why it's important like my parish is doing fine they don't have any debt Um, my school is doing fine mm-hmm. all of the charities that are kind of close to us they have money in the bank like I, I feel like things are tight for us right now. We need to keep our money here. But I think the church recognizes that the human person, like not just needs to give for the sustaining of the church. Like that's actually not the reason. It's actually for the good of the human person themselves. There's a need in the human person to give, mm-hmm. to give of time, talent or treasure or all yep. three. So why would, so why do people need to give? That's the context of my question.
1: I would say people, work really hard, oftentimes work really hard uh, for the money that they they earn and they receive, You know, from their work or, or whatever means comes from it. Uh, and it's really easy to say like, I earn this, I deserve this, this is mine 100%. to do what I want to do with it. And in some ways, and, and definitely an earthly perspective, that is 100% true. Like it's what's just when it comes to the world when we look at our world, our lives through an eternal perspective, which I keep kind of focusing on is we start realizing, like we we can't take it with us. Uh, Whatever we achieve monetarily doesn't impact our ability to get to heaven in and of itself or the stuff that we collect or need or the opportunity for how many toys our kids have or whatever those things are, which are good things. And they're not, I'm not saying they're bad. Um, But there's a perspective there and there's a truth there of like, this is all a gift from God. Us being here is a gift. Us being able to work is a gift. And work, uh, there's a justice to what we earn, but work is an an opportunity for us to praise our creator through working excellently and use the talents and the gifts that we were given. We didn't earn them. We didn't
0: which actually brings great joy. Yeah, and we we didn't yeah.
1: deserve them in a sense, but we've been given them as a gift and we use it excellently and we we gain you know, monetary value or other values and stuff uh, within this world, but it's all meant to praise our Lord. It's all meant to get closer to him. Uh, and that and that's that's where our fulfillment comes. It's not in, you know, how many cars or if we have a boat or the, the toys or like the opportunities that we have, you know, entertain whatever they might be. Those are the things that bring us joy. Maybe as kids, when we kind of don't see the world in the way that it truly is, but as we mature, we we see the emptiness that can come from those possessions. Um, Be able to have this opportunity to give, and again, it doesn't have to. You don't have to go to zero to ten in the next month or the next year. Little by little, to continue to conform our hearts to our Lord. And to say, Lord, this is, this is from you. This is of you. This is because of you. How can I share this with others? And that's where true joy and happiness comes from. That's w- because that's what it means to live as a son and daughter God within the community and the body of the church is recognizing its, its other members and seeing them as brothers and, do- brothers and sisters in Christ, to see Christ within them and say, yeah, I would love to help you. This is a no-brainer. Um, but again, it takes some conforming in our hearts. And I think there is lies within our world of uh, this is justly mine or whatever those might be that can be small or big lies that we need to do battle against. <laughs> we need to fight. And it, the, one of the best ways to do that is to give more.
0: To lay ourselves down. Yeah. Oh, man, Tony, that was so good. That's so, that's so good. Yeah, and really, like, it's it's joy. Like, the conforming of our hearts to the will of the Father, to the reality that we are pilgrims in the world, that we can't take it with us, actually brings deep and abiding peace. And when we're chasing this, like, worldly view that this is ours, this is mine, whatever, like, it doesn't actually bring freedom. And to give away... To give, to give of our time, to give of ourselves actually brings interior freedom because we know that we're not our own. That is so good. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Um, I'm so grateful. Thank you for just sharing your heart for this. Thank you Absolutely. for sharing your experience, especially um it was really, really cool to hear about focus and how this kind of like formed you in this worldview. That's really, I think, powerful and very contagious and really desirable. Um, so I just really appreciate that. I have one more question for you, please. What's a question that you've been pondering?
1: I knew this and I didn't think about this beforehand. <laughs> so this is going to come unprepared.
0: Because every other question that I threw at you was so prepared today, Tony. <laughs> I, by the way, while you're thinking about that, mm-hmm. I think this is one of my favorite parts of lead them to life. It has been so fascinating to me to hear just what people like, what people think of what they're um, even it shows even their personality of like things that are more fun, loving things that are on topic versus off topic. Like it's just, it's actually left me with some really good questions over mm-hmm. the years or over the yeah last two years that we've been doing it. So I always really appreciate it.
1: Here's one that I've pondered okay. uh, recently. And this can, this came from uh, Sunday reading. Okay. Um, it was, uh, it was the rating on the talents. Yeah. You know, someone got ten, someone got five, someone got two. Uh the ten and the five doubled it and they got to keep it, or something along those lines. Maybe it's five, three, one. I don't know. Anyways, talents. The thing that struck me off of that was what are the talents that God has given me and how have I invested them?
0: Hmm.
1: And am I closer to the one that like buried it? Or am I closer to the one that fully invested it?
0: Yeah.
1: That that just said like, no, this is this is not mine. This is my master's. Yeah. And I need to do as much as I can with it. Yeah. Because he's entrusted it to me um, to be excellent within it. Dang. And so. Yeah. yeah I think there was like it was kind of like a gut check and I'm it's still something I'm wrestling with of like what does that mean and look like yeah uh, what are those talents and it's not just monetary it's yeah. it's other things gifts, it's friendships, it's family it's
0: totally
1: uh, just a, num- a yeah. numerous things and Skills, like walking through things, that and yeah. say like hey, how am I using these opportunities that I've had in my life or these right. gifts that God has graciously given me? to build up the kingdom uh to make him known in this world uh yeah. am i doing that on a consistent level or you know i i just out like yeah like lately it's i've been more tired you know and, yeah and felt a little bit more beaten down and so it's like oh man am i kind of burying my talents yeah. in this way
0: oh man that's so convicting so yeah so oh, that was one that thing was that's been
1: pondering man uh, this a episode bit.
0: was painful for me. Not <laughs> Sorry, only because that. I'm like clearly sick. We said we both sound terrible. Yes. Um, but it, I mean like just really good things. Like this was one of my more mellow episodes, but it's but in part it's because there's like some real richness mm-hmm. here that I am pondering and I think that question that you're leaving us with is like a beautiful a place to begin or is a place to kind of deepen into whatever stirred in people's hearts throughout listening to this is like, am am I using my maximizing my investing, the talents, the skills, the gifts that God has given me in every capacity to the, to the maximum glory of God. Mm -hmm. Woof. This was good, Tony. This was good. I'm so grateful. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Friends. I hope that you share this episode with, uh, with someone else. I think this would be a great one for you to listen to as, Uh, a couple if you're married or if you're um, engaged or whatever Um, but share with a friend and and I hope that as we enter into this Advent season uh, part of you making space in your heart is uh, is going to be will include giving away Uh, giving away what God uh, gave in the first place share it with a friend we'll see you next time